Yesterday we were talking about the child care plans and how that's going to factor into the upcoming federal election campaign. We uh, told you that there was the big announcement that was made by the um, Nova Scotia government with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau yesterday, an agreement on a national, well, not a national, but a $10 a day child care program in Nova Scotia, freeing up about $605 million from the feds, about $40 million from the province. Last week, BC came up with a plan that will land them more than $3 billion in funding from the federal government uh, meant to add space and to reduce costs. Uh, it's a federal program, but it's being put on the provinces to implement and come up with, and each province has to come up with their own plan um, to work with the federal government. So it's not like it's a national plan in that sense. It's still being handled by the provinces. Um, interesting, because this was tried before. Um, affordable child care was a big issue during an election back in 2005, if you remember. It was a key plank in the Liberal platform, then didn't pay off. Stephen Harper won the election. Now it's back into the discussion. So what's different this time? Let's find out. We're going to chat now with Kate Besenson, who is Associate Dean of Social Sciences and the Associate Professor of Sociology at Brock University, also a faculty research fellow at the Institute for Gender and the Economy at the University of Toronto. Um, Kate, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. It's my pleasure. Lovely to be with you. So we're talking about child care and affordable child care in our country again and as i said this this happened before um yeah. back in 2005 uh, a lot of federal dollars for child care didn't win for paul martin that time around it's back in the discussion again this time so what's different I think the landscape is really different. And, of course, we should always be chastened by previous experiences. We've come to the brink before and not arrived at delivering yep. on a Canada-wide system. But I think one of the things that the pandemic has put in incredible stark relief is that child care is infrastructure, like our roads and bridges. It It is, and we have emerged out of it with, I think, a multi-sectoral consensus. So we have businesses we have banks, we have parents, we have governments who are saying that childcare is the key to our economic recovery and it's central to calling more women into the labor market to drive that recovery and that sustained recovery that will pay for the needed spending that we've had throughout this pandemic. So it's good for kids, it's good for families, and it's good for the economy. And I think that landscape is very different than where we were in 2006. Also, it's way more money. We've never oh, seen yes. money like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge money. I want to stay with the pandemic for a second because I think um, you're right. It, it changed the landscape in every aspect of our lives, but it's certainly around this because there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, when kids were taken out of school and things like that, how that did fall disproportionately on women uh, mm -hmm. and restricted that part of the workforce. And I think a lot of people, like you say, came to an understanding that affordable childcare is good for all of us in terms of keeping our labor market strong. Absolutely. And we really need to think about it as an economic recovery strategy as much as really needed overdue investments in the smallest humans among us. You know, one of the things that Canada is marvelous for is we have this, this great decentralized federation where we can have policy experimentation at the provincial and territorial level. 
But what that can do and what the pandemic has shown us is that we have postal code policy in childcare. So where you live determines what you get. And by the way, the maturity of your childcare system may determine how you and your family recover post pandemic, what your access to the labor market is, what your labor market return is, whether you leave the labor market for a period of time and your lifetime earnings are decreased. All of those effects are, are right now. I mean, we're living this moment right now with the pandemic, but we live with those consequences over time. So you can have a, a family where a woman exits the labor market as a result of childcare concerns and pandemic, can't get back in because of cost, because of accessibility and so on. And we see that her and her children's lifetime risk of poverty increases the longer she's out of the labor market. And also the local economy suffers because that household spending power is decreased. So you're not buying milk at the corner store. You're not getting your hair done or you're not doing all of those discretionary spending that is a huge driver of how we all get the things that we need. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, let's get back to the money discussion. And there seems to be two yeah. approaches to handling this. Um, Harper didn't go with the $10 a day daycare program that we're hearing about now. What he did instead was hand cash out directly to parents, right? There was um, there was direct handouts. I think it was $100 a month or something like that. Um, Something that the Liberals kind of adopted back in the early days of Trudeau when he revamped the Canada Child Benefit. It was direct payments to parents. So this is a different approach in terms of subsidizing the care rather than just giving money directly to the parents. Yeah, so this, so building, and I say Canada-wide system because it's not a national system. It's not run by the federal government, right? When we say national, we think it implies like a different order of government. It's Canada-wide and it's it's provincially run. What, what this approach is, a Canada-wide system approach, is funding the services rather than giving money directly to parents. So, you know, the question always comes up, well, why shouldn't we just give money to parents? Like, yeah. parents can make the best decisions for their kids. And, of course, parents are the most important um, players in thinking about how we build this system. The problem with that kind of what we call cash-for-care model is that it it implies this idea of choice, right? So um, it, it implies a decision between equally good options. And what we have in Canada is actually an uneven childcare patchwork that varies in quality, accessibility, and affordability. So the choice is actually a trade-off between huge expense, maybe low quality, meager access, sometimes a labor market exit because you can't find care that you can afford that's usually from others. Well, these aren't choices. These are defaults. So we've had this tax credit or direct transfer to families. Those don't build a single space. They don't address quality. And so importantly, they're a super-duper low-wage strategy for mostly female child care workforce because they force families to find the cheapest care available. So the model that makes the most sense, that gives people access where they live, that's community-based and community-planned, is one that funds the services attends to the cost because it's expensive at the same time as attending to quality by attending to the workforce by paying early childhood educators as the professionals that they are 
Now, a couple of issues around that, I'm sure you've heard them before, including from the <laughs> province of Alberta saying, okay, uh, you're talking about choice, um, but this doesn't deliver. This doesn't offer the flexibility that we need to see in Alberta. It doesn't deal with um, rural places. It doesn't deal okay. with shift workers, things like that. Like, we're talking about choice, but this doesn't really offer choice in terms of flexibility. And flexibility is one of those keywords. It's like it's like an exceedingly vague term that means different things to different people, and it's used by everybody in childcare, by the federal government, by provincial governments, by municipal governments, and so on. But it means different things. So some, as you've alluded to, mean it as provincial and territorial governments using public dollars for cash for care to purchase childcare. So a variation on choice instead of developing childcare services. And some, as you've alluded to, mean it as providing childcare for those who work non-standard hours. Right. And then some mean it as being responsive. So flexibility is being responsive to community-directed needs. So this huge, unprecedented investment of $30 billion over five years is absolutely about flexibility in relation to being community-driven. And this includes responsiveness to parental needs about hours. We have to remember that regulated home-based childcare is a really important feature of this Canada-wide strategy. And provinces and territories will need to make those community-based decisions based on what is what is best for those communities. And I think it's also really important that we hold on to the following. Schools, where most kids age 4 to 12 spend their learning days, run from 9 to 3. And the arguments about flexibility for non-standard hours in these settings are really rarely prioritized by those who raise this matter for flexibility around hours in early learning and child care. So I think we need clarity on what we mean by flexibility, and flexibility has to be choice between equally good options, and it has to be community-driven. It's going to look different Mm -hmm. in each province and territory. We're all getting to the same destination, affordable, accessible, high quality. But how we get there might be a bit different, and that's good because we are are a diverse and lovely but different federation. Yeah, and, and, you know, at least the plan that the Liberals are putting forward does respect that and says it will fall to the provinces to come up with what best for them. So yeah. uh, great discussion, Kate. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. It's my pleasure. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. That is Dr. Kate Bezenson, the Associate Dean of Social Sciences and the Associate Professor of Sociology at Brock University.